Welcome to Integrity Principle Step 5. My name is Rex and I'm a compulsive overeater and exercise bulimic. And I am a compulsive, oh sorry, and your leader for this meeting. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Before we get started, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic devices be turned off to protect anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed by OA members. This meeting is being recorded by Region 2. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. Hello. The format for this one-hour session is as follows. I will read from expert pieces from OA literature for and share for about 25 minutes, followed by a three-minute share from those who wish to share. Again, the topic, I guess, is step five or integrity. Uh, the following is a reading from... The following is a reading, sorry, uh, from insert sources and pages, read attached. I will now briefly qualify with my experience, strength, and hope on the topic. Okay, so there's a... Um, Okay, there's integrity, and this is from AA's 12 and 12, page 55. So, does it start here? Okay, so, so intense, though, our fear and reluctant to do this that many OAs at the first try try to bypass step five. We search for an easier way. We usually consist of a general and fairly painless admission that when we were eating, we were sometimes bad actors. Then, for good measures, we add a dramatic description of that part of our eating behavior which our friends probably know about anyway. But some things which really bothered and burned us, we say certain distressing or humiliating memories. We tell ourselves we ought not be shared with anybody. These will remain our secret. Not a soul will ever know. They will hope they'll go away to the grave with us. Yet, if OA experience means anything at all, it is not only unwise, but also plurious. 
resolve. For muddled attitudes have caused us more trouble than holding back on step five. Some people are unable to stay sober at all. Others will relapse periodically until they really clean house. Every OA member, old timers, sobers for years, pay dearly for skimping on this step. They will tell how they try to carry the load alone, how much they suffered of irritability, anxiety, remorse, depression, and how unconsciously seeking relief. They would sometimes accuse even their best friends of every character defects they themselves were trying to conceal. They always discovered that relief never came by confessing the sins to, of other peoples. <laughs> Everybody has to confess his own. The practice of admitting one's character defects to another person, of course, is variation. It has been validated in every century. It has been characterized the lives of all spiritual-centered and truly religious people. But today, religion is by no means the sole advocating of saving lives. Principal psychiatrists and psychology point out the deep need for every human being has for practical insight and knowledge of his own personality flaws and for discussion of them with an understanding and trustworthy person. So far, as compulsive overeaters are concerned, OA would go even further. Most of us would declare that without a fearless submission to our defects to other human beings, we can never not stay sober. It seems plain that the grace of God could not enter to expel our destructive obsession until we're willing to try this. So I'm Rex, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And I've been in program for 16, 17 years. And I have six years plus of abstinence. Uh, my top weight is 300 pounds. Uh, actually, I saw on the scale 285. But I went on a diet for like a month or two before I weighed myself. So I say 300 because... Uh, that's pro it might have been more because I, uh, it's okay. It might have been more because <clears throat> usually when I was that heavy, it was easy for me to lose weight. Um, so now I'd like to share on step five and so... So step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Uh, let's see. The first time I did a step five, I've been in, like I said, I, you know, it was really good to read this because the first time I came to program, I was forced here by, uh, luckily for me, my employer saw a value in me. And I was in the Navy, and I failed some of the uh, requirements, so they sent me to a six-week inpatient. Luckily for me, that uh, the 
uh, the inpatient place was a 12-step based program, which was really awesome. So they made us work uh, step one, two, three before we left there in the six weeks. And uh, so that was my first experience in OA. And uh, so I remember part of the treatment was going to an OA meeting every day. And they used to, I, I'm from San Diego, California. And they used to drive white vans. And they used to take us to meetings. And we used to have, have to get a sponsor. <clears throat> so anyway, that, that was my first introduction. So the, the reason I say this, because since they only made us work steps one, two, and three, so I've been in program for close to 17 years, and I only have six years of abstinence because I was only able to do steps one, two, and three for the first uh, many years of the program. And I used some of the tools, which are really good, like, you know, I can, God can, and I think I'll let God. I'd go to meetings and have a food plan and, uh, you know, was able to lose a lot of weight and also able to... Uh, one stay abstinent for four years without even working a step four. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. <laughs> well, I guess white knuckling it. But um, so uh, coming back six years ago, uh, I went on a five-year vacation. And uh, so they say this disease gets worse, never better. And for me, I gained 85 pounds of the original. So I was back up to 265. Um, and... Uh, so this time it had to be a lot harder. I, I had to get a sponsor and actually work the steps. And I, the first time I, I, wrote, I worked them in the, in the, um, the, the beige, the, 12, the OA 12 and 12, where you write the questions and stuff. And uh, so I remember that going to uh, Doing the four-step took me quite a while. I remember I was working like one, two, three, and then I, I was thinking already like close to a year, and I was on step four, and my weight plateaued, and I was talking to somebody, and they said, uh, I said, well, my weight plateaued. You know, I haven't lost any more weight. And his answer was, well, what step are you working on? <laughs> I said, step four. He goes, well, you got to keep doing it. And it's weird. I, I don't know how that works, but uh, so I, I... I signed up for a men's retreat, and I went to a men's retreat up in Santa Barbara, and uh, my sponsor was there, and it's a funny story because I got done with my fourth step there, and I said, can I give you my fifth step now? And he said, can we, can we wait till after dinner? <laughs> I always remember. I mean, it was not funny, but it was funny then because I was like, so I was ready to do my fifth step. <laughs> So <laughs> we ate dinner, and then we sat down in a quiet room, and I did my fist step with him. And that was very, uh, very insightful. So I want to read that something is uh, important, that secrets. Uh, so it's important not only to do a resentment inventory. It's also important to do a fear inventory. And it's also very important to do a sexual inventory. Um, so, and actually the first time I did my steps, I didn't do a sexual inventory. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I was told too that I needed to share with my sponsor or whoever I chose. It wasn't, it didn't need to be my sponsor. I needed to share every, uh, all the, my, uh, 
deepest, darkest secrets, everything that I thought I would take to the grave. And uh, when I did that, I remember, which was very comforting for me, that my my sponsor shared some some of his secrets, which were worse than mine. So I didn't feel that bad. I was like, wow, I was like, geez, you're really bad compared to me. (laughs) So so that was kind of nice. It's also important to to realize that if you have omitted anything in your uh, four-step, and in the big book I like, there's a sentence that says that we pocket our pride and go to it. Um, why do I do this? Why do I do this inventory? And I don't write inventories to find out what I am. If anything, I find out what I am not. I write down the things that are blocking me from God. Nowhere does it say that we write inventory to feel better. And I also looked up some words for integrity. And uh, uh, some of them are like honor, forthrightness, goodness, honesty. I like this one, incorruptibility, principle, sincerity, and virtue. You know, one thing I like about really that came when I did the inventory, and it says it in our literature, that I was able to, and this first happened, actually it happened at the meeting level. But I was at a meeting, and a lady shared that she got molested as a child or whatever. And I was like, it was running through my head, and it's something that I buried for 30-some years or whatever. And uh, so for me at that time, maybe more, 35 years. So I remember that day I decided to open my mouth and say, my name is Rex, I'm a compulsive overeater, and I got molested too, and that was all I can say. And that was probably like six year, five or six years ago. It also says in our literature that we can seek professional help because uh, maybe the people in the program are not you know, equipped to uh, deal with such issues. And I have uh, seen a therapist, which, which has been very helpful. Um, so I've been able to do that, and I joined the support group, which I go once in a while, depending on my work schedule, which is very helpful. So I've been able to see that. And I've also wanted to say that uh, something that really helped me in that was that uh, it's something that happened to me, and it doesn't need to define who I am today. So it's something that happened to me. But it doesn't define me today who I am. So, you know, I should have set the timer. Okay, getting getting good here. Oh, good. So, again, uh, so we pocket our prime and go to it. The, The good thing about doing step five is there's some promises to it. And, uh, these are the promises. Um, so the first question after doing the, our, our uh, inventory, reading our fifth step to God and to ourselves and to another human being, is maybe to ask ourselves, are we withholding anything? Um, then after we're done with the, uh, our inventory, after we realize that we're not withholding anything, 
these are the promises. And you can turn them into questions, but it says we can look the world in the eye. Or the question can be is, can I look the world in the eye? Can I be alone in perfect peace and ease? Did my fears fall from me? Did I begin to feel the nearness of my creator? Have I begun to have a spiritual experience? Has that feeling that the compulsive overeating problem has disappeared or come strongly? Do I feel I'm on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe? After this, I thank God from the bottom of my heart that I know him better. When we complete our, our fifth step, uh, and these are the instructions in, in the big book of, of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, carefully, so first, so when we complete step five, we, we go over the first five proposals, which are the first five steps. Do I agree that I'm a compulsive overeater and my life's unmanageable? Do I come to believe that there's a power within myself that can restore me to sanity? Uh, step three, turning my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him. Did I make a formal, formal uh, and moral inventory of myself? And did I share everything with a sponsor? Not, not a sponsor. It, it can be anybody you shared. Your, but it's, it's also important that you pick a person that's really, uh, that, you, that you feel comfortable with uh, sharing anything. So once we've carefully read the first five proposal, I ask myself, have I admitted anything? For we are building an arch through which we can walk a free man at last. Thank you. So the topic is step five, integrity. We will now have three minute shares. We ask those of you who wish to share to the line. I don't think we need to um, line up, maybe. We ask of those who wish to share to line up to my left. Please focus on the topic of the meeting and end your share at three minutes to allow time for others to share. Okay. So who would like to share? Thank you. Sorry, what is your name? My name is Rex. Hi, I'm Kim. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Kim. I was very moved by Rex's share. Um, you know, I once learned that integrity, uh, a definition of integrity that really works for me, it says integrity is being whole, W-H-O-L-E, in the matter. 
and it means not always starting what you finish, but acknowledging that you didn't and maybe making an apology. Um, but it also means doing what you say, being consistent, um, and again, when you fall short, acknowledge it and, and, and deal with it and not run away from things. Anyway, it just works for me. Um, and so I'm here working the steps, trying to get through them, and I'm really kind of stuck on step four, actually. Uh, it's kind of overwhelming. Um, it's really hard because it kind of requires change, and it's not happening, you know, it's not all disappearing, all my flaws. I know one of, a biggie is judgment and criticism. And I used to think, you know, like think myself as like a little film critic, always, you know, critiquing films, critiquing food, but let's be honest, critiquing people. And I used to think that was chic or, you know, made me interesting. And it's been pointed out to me, maybe it just makes me mean. And it's not that interesting. And... Uh, <laughs> And I've been trying not to, but I catch myself. Um, I love it when I come to these meetings and I feel overwhelmed with love for each of you. You know, somehow these meetings, you may not know me, but somehow when I come here, I feel love and I feel whole. And I come away feeling like I've eaten. And I don't feel like I need to eat because i somehow getting my spiritual food. And for that, I'm so grateful. Um... Uh, I was going to make this make sense, and so I'm not quite sure how I'm going to make this make sense. <laughs> but maybe I'll, maybe it'll come back to me. <laughs> but I, I too, want to share. Um, I can hardly call it molested. But, um, you know, one time when I was 17, in the briefest of moments, uh, my father tried to touched me in a way that was not appropriate. And um, even though that only happened one time, um, I felt ruined by it. And it took me many, many years of uh, therapy to even admit it to a therapist. Um, and then, because even though th it just happened that once, it says something about the way he was with me. And it has affected how I am with people because there's a part of me that's like, stay the fuck away from me, you know. And uh, I know that um, coming here, you drop your defenses and you welcome people. But even here at the convention, I alternate between being open and feeling loved and being with you and then wanting to, you know, go and isolate and go to my hotel room and be alone. And it's not always healthy in there with me alone, you know. Um, that is when one is tempted to eat, you know. So this is, you know, something that I struggle with. So maybe the judgment or the criticism is my way of protecting myself, as I think in some ways the fat is. And I am trying to learn that there's no need anymore to protect myself. That I'm strong and I'm okay. And I know uh, how to 
judge character in the way that matters, which is that people are coming from love. And um, hopefully, as I go through these steps and finish the what feels like the endless inventory, <laughs> that um, that my need to overeat will continue to fall away. Thank you. Hello, everybody. I'm Frank. I'm a composable reader. Uh, my fourth step. Uh, my sponsor um, is one of those kind of uh, engineering kind of guys. So when he explained how I was supposed to write this down, he says, it's like if you're going through the kitchen and you're counting every little spoon and fork in there, and you're not supposed to have judgment on it. Because, you see, I look at the spoon and I say, that spoon's not really a spoon. That's I got that from uh, Jack in the Box. It's half spoon and half fork. I don't know how to, you know, and he's going, don't worry about it. Just, just go through and just go through everything and try to write everything down and try to be non-judgmental about it. And that was hard because I have judgments in everything. You know, I have judgments when I, you know, we're on the, in the supermarket and you have more than 12 items. I know I can say, you know, you guys have more than 12 items. You're in the wrong line. You should be over there, not in this line, you know, this kind of stuff. I just, I want to judge, do judgment and everything. But I did it. And then the funny thing was, is it took us like three days to go over it, you know, because it was just too long to sit down in a reasonable amount of time. I was getting tired and he was getting tired. And so we just went over three days and did it. And I hate to say this, but I don't think anything changed in me other than I did it. I mean, it wasn't so much that some miraculous thing happened to me and, you know, the halo started getting, you know, glowing better and all that kind of stuff. None of that happened. All I know is that I finished it. And it's like, again, the engineering side of him says, well, it's sort of like you went from third grade to fourth grade. I mean, nothing's happening there. I mean, you know, it's not, all of a sudden you're going to learn a little more letters and your sentences are going to get better and something's going to happen with math. But he goes, it's not the end of the world. It's not the beginning of the world. It's just a process that you're going to go through, just like working the next step and the following step. And then he said, and the sad thing is, just remember this, once you fin- you're working to the best of your ability today. If you ever start working at them again, you're going to get to be able to do them again and it's going to be different because you're changing every day. And uh, I didn't want to hear that because I wanted, when I walked in these rooms, I wanted the, I want to get it over. There's 12 steps. If I do one, uh, you know, a week, I can finish this in three months. You know, I can get out of here. You know, I don't have to hang around with you people. You guys scare me anyways because you guys, you know, you guys start talking about God and, you know, higher powers and all that kind of stuff. And all I want to do is eat what I want to eat and and lose weight. (laughs) That's all I wanted to do. And uh, I've learned a lot about myself. And I learned I'm uh, petty and I'm angry a lot of the times. Um, You know, the thing about being a liar and a cheat. Um, But I heard one person stand up and say, when you say you're an overeater, all that stuff is just given. You are a lighter or a cheat and all that other stuff. So you don't have to say any of that stuff. It's all, it's all natural. We all understand that. We're all sneak eaters. You know, we all do our stuff. And so, um, yes, and I just want to say that I'm glad I worked it. I've worked like 
because I'm on my fourth time working through the steps, and I'm, I'm on step nine right now, the fourth time. And each time something gets revealed. And uh, I'm glad I'm here, so thank you for letting me share. Um, I feel more comfortable with you guys than out meeting on certain issue than to my sponsor right now. So, because except for one person, I since I don't know you guys, I feel like I can say it. I, you know, I I've been in OA only um, a little over a year. I've been abstinent a little over a year, and um, uh, I had a several. <laughs> I already had the three sponsors. My first sponsor. Um, she um, she studied eating everything, but very small amount. She for her she figured out that uh, abstinence is not binging. She does eat like frozen yogurt, popsicles, but very small quantity. Some days when she sends me her food too, even though she's my former sponsor, and I really appreciate that. And she just doesn't eat enough, but there are times she just eats uh, like. You know, six M and M's instead of food, <laughs> and that's her. Um, and my uh, current sponsor is uh, she's a, a lot heavier person, and she's very on a strict food plan. And I'm sort of in between, and uh, I would not try donuts or chocolate now, but I uh, I'm learning that a lot of food it really doesn't affect me. Like popcorn, I can eat once I start eating. At the movie theater, I would eat the whole small bag, but I don't go back and make more popcorns when I go home. So uh, a lot of food actually doesn't really make me feel fall off the wagon, but I really have a hard time being completely honest to my sponsor. At the end of the day, I send my food every day. Um, I do a lot of business meetings, uh, professional education meetings, so I eat at a lot of hotels like this uh, during weekdays. And, you know, when they serve a fruit with a little bit of, like, cream boule sauce, you know, I eat the whole fruit, including the cream boule sauce, and it doesn't make me, you know, go out and eat or binge or anything, but I have a hard time putting that in my uh, food at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I say, you know, Fruit plate, but I don't. I don't say exactly what fruit plate include. Uh, I put, you know, a lot of Asian food. <laughs> I can get away like sesame balls, peanut balls, and you know, it's a sesame ball glued together with honey. And I do put honey in my tea, so she's not gonna judge me. But I don't really want to elaborate what that peanut balls and sesame balls are. Um, so um, I know that she wouldn't judge me, but in my head, you know, I feel like she's going to, like, come and bite me or cut my head off. And I know that it's that, that, that Korean Godzilla mother in me, in my head, not my real mother, but the mother I thought I had and spent 20, 30 years uh, going through therapy. And even though she's a loving mother, in my head, she was the most scary person. You know, if I make one mistake, she'll just cut my head off. Um, so I'm having that relationship with my sponsor in my head. And I know I need to come forward and say, you know what? I mean, I even told her that I, I haven't been to Pinkberry like in a year. The other day, my daughter wanted to go to Pinkberry. I went there. 
And because my first sponsor eats frozen yogurt, I did try it. I mean, it's sweet, but when I look at the calorie count, you know, it's like I used to think somebody said pink berry frozen yogurt has 90 calories. No, it doesn't have 90 calories. I look at the calorie chart on the way, it has like 200 calories. So, I mean, it tasted good. I tried it, but I was able to put it down. Somehow God removed my compulsion. I can handle one bite and I don't want to eat it. Why would I want to you know, eat extra 200 calories after dinner? So I was able to put it down. But I'm having really hard time being honest about it with my sponsor. So um, now that I'm here and I feel like uh, I'm opening up a little bit more, I'm hoping that when I go back to L.A., I should be able to be more, be more honest with my sponsor. Thanks. Good morning. I'm Misty Compulsive Overeater. Um, for me, um, before I started the fifth, so on my fourth step, I had deadly procrastination for a year and four months. And during the week, my higher power kind of brought me to the end of my deadly procrastination. I got shingles. I had a breakup. Um, I found out I had a... Um, a long-term back condition, and um, my doctor said the only thing that's going to help you is losing weight. And um, thank God, at that time, that was my bottom in food, um, looking at an x-ray of my back and realizing that that disc is never going to go back. You know, eventually I'm going to have to have surgery, and I am powerless over this entire situation. God, you're the only one that could do it. So... um, Thank God. So that was three months ago. Um, God removed um, refined sugars from my life. And I'm so grateful that the obsession has been removed because in my fourth step, a lot of those behavior problems and, you know, lying, cheating, stealing, etc., they were all wrapped around me needing that substance and wanting to go for that and, um, you know, keeping my supply and etc. and making sure that um, when was my next fix, you know, when is my next hyper thing. And I'm so grateful that today I have serenity in situations that I don't have to use those substances to tell myself that I'm having a good time, that I can just appreciate where I am, what I'm doing. Um, So within that uh, one uh, year, four month mark, um, I ended up getting, um, doing my steps with uh, my mom. She's been in the program uh, 21 years. She's had abstinence for 21 years. Um, And she actually took me to meetings. I think my first meeting when I was 11 years old. And and I learned how to read by reading all the different books because we would read and all that vocabulary is pretty intense. So um, learning all those elaborate words in the big book and... um, and so the seed was planted then, you know, and it took a long time to grow and integrate within me and my life. Um, I'm now 25, um, and um, so grateful that I'm finally working the steps, um, just like she has shown me um, is possible. Um, when I worked with my sponsor to do my um, fifth step, um, it did take us, we were there, we were at a coffee shop for like two hours, and we only gotten through three pages, and that little inventory book's like 34 pages, and then I had more pages. We go, um, it took us an, another week, we went, we met together for um, six hours, and, and I remember just sitting there like marathon, like, okay, well, all right, bathroom break, all right, let's go, let's go back to it. And um, uh, I didn't, I'm the same in that I don't have that that um, amazing change, but right after I left, um, um, I drove by a school that I taught at. I'm a teacher, and um, I just teared up seeing one of my students that um, he was very obese, and um, 
um, I can love him and be as kind to him as possible, but I can't. Um, you know, I wish I could give him the tools because I see, you know, and even in all of my um, students that I help and um, teach that um, that this program will be there for them. I can keep the doors open, that I can keep going to my meeting, that I can still be the treasurer and make sure that door's open for the newcomer, um, and then I can work my own program to help those people that will come after me. So um, uh, for me, that integrity was um, not holding anything back. And my favorite thing about doing the fifth step is that my sponsor did not memorize everything that I told her. She's not going to use them as a, as a knife to stab me in the back later on. She's there to love me and support me, even when I didn't love myself when I first came in and thought that, you know, oh, man, you know, oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> um, a lot of people in the program have also told me that they felt that, you know, that, I think that I'm ugly or that, you know, body image issues and um, that she loves me for who I am and to know that there are still wonderful things about me that I have not lost, that my higher power wants to reveal to me and that um, that my past is just the past and that I've accepted it and that's my, my favorite thing uh, about this program is that I can accept it and I can move on and I uh, don't have expectations about the future and I'm not fearful because my higher power has it all planned. Thank you so much for being here today and being a part of my recovery. My name is Eda. I'm a compulsive overeater. And, um, uh, and the fifth step and the principle of integrity. Uh, there are two things I can say about my fifth step. Um, two good things was that one, I did it, and the other was that I survived it. Because uh, when only in retrospect, when I look back at my fifth step, it was thoroughly inappropriate. And... Um, it was it was really hard um, to find to admit that um, it was inappropriate. I uh, I had no trouble doing my fourth step because I wanted to do step nine, and my sponsor told me I had to do the steps in order, and that I couldn't do step nine until I had done four, five, six, seven, eight, and and so we didn't do anything with steps one and three. We went straight to four. Um, because that was the only way that uh, I could demonstrate that I had done one, two, and three. Well, my inventory only took me two months, uh, made an appointment, went over to her house, and started reading. And uh, it was insanity. Uh, she, um, to be truthful, she had moments of severe sarcasm and lots of judgment. And I, you know, she told me she told me that I was a cold and hard person, and that. Uh, uh, when I the, when I expressed um, guilt over my father's uh, death from alcoholism, and that I had felt that um, you know if I had been a better daughter, and we've heard this many times from the podium, I know we have. You know, if I'd been a better daughter, he wouldn't have uh, drank himself to death. My sponsor said, "Well, that makes you really powerful, doesn't it?" That was her, it. Was really hard. And when it came to uh, reading my sex inventory, because I did my inventory by the big book. And that's still the only way I write. Uh, I hadn't done it. I hadn't done my sex inventory. So what she had me do was write down my fantasies. And I did. And then I read them to her. And then afterwards, you know, many years afterwards, I thought, that was none of her business. 
That was none of her business. But I didn't know enough. I had only been in program about seven months at the time, and I didn't know enough to say, you know what, that's none of your business. But I did it, and, uh, and it was an interesting experience. Uh, so it was, it was hard. Uh, the, um, and we stayed together for, uh, I think, about seven or eight months after that, and then we finally had to go our separate ways because she was not committed to abstinence which is the source of my integrity. Uh, she was committed to her sobriety, but she was not committed to abstinence in Overeaters Anonymous, and it was very hard for me to believe that I had a sponsor who was not committed to abstinence. But she told me, and, you know, people tell you who they are, and our job is to believe them. And she told me, but I didn't want to believe it. So uh, now when I, uh, when I hear inventory, I do a lot of talking, which some people say that our job is just to listen. No. You know, if you call me, you're going to listen to me. If you come over to my house, you're going to listen to me. And we go back and forth, and we, there's a tremendous amount of sharing. And when I, somebody uh, gives me something that they're just scared shitless to talk about, and I turn around and I say, well, can you top this one, smiling and laughing? And you go, oh, well, I'm not so bad, you know. Uh, and I didn't go running from the room uh, when you read it to me, so, you know, you're not so bad. Uh, the, my integrity begins and ends at my plate. Um, I don't eat anything in secret, and um, I, uh, abs- I abstain no matter what. I've been abstaining for 38 years, and I've um, been thin for 37 years. And uh, this past year and a half, have just been pretty awful. Uh, somebody that I had sponsored for like eight years died of a died after a short but very terrible uh, illness, and that was only the beginning. And 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 I'm not. If you can imagine, you know. So, but none of the things that have happened to me over the past several months found their way onto my plate. And that's the way it has to be. I have to separate my food from my life. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Allie. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I'm really grateful to be here. I I, uh, just decided at the last moment to come. So um, I'm not... um, braced for it, if that's the right word. I'm not well defended against it, um, which is fabulous. It's one reason I did it this way. Because I certainly am hearing this morning about abstinence as integrity. I hadn't been thinking about it that way. And I'm a social worker, and I frequently show people, demonstrate, feed it back to them that, that what they were doing was their own integrity, to help them identify their own integrity um, of course, there's one reason I teach it is because um, I need to hear it. Um, so, yes, and not not eating any food in secret. Even, even abstinent food I can eat in secret. And that's one of those behaviors that I really, um, I want to let go of. I want to let go of and not take that one home with me. Um, I also, um, I got abstinent from bulimia in this program in the 80s and then, um, came back in um, in November 
to deal with the compulsive eating and my my increasing size and got a new sponsor and would do at the end of the day would send in my food and I I also would send in sort of a hypothetical what I wanted to eat or what I should have eaten or you know I, I was lying not I, well yes I was lying I was not being <laughs> see I want to make it something different I was exaggerating or I was under whatever the under exaggerating um um, but basically, I was lying, and I I've worked really hard in my life to have integrity, to have a self, and to have integrity, and it's um, it's mind blowing, and it's funny, it's really exciting standing up here going, oh my god, oh my god, my own integrity. So um, I'm grateful to be here, and I thank you all. Christina, compulsive overeater. Hi, so I'm going to share and get up out of my shell because um, my head is telling me that I'm just in this grandiose kind of state of mind, like, uh, I don't want to share because, because I don't have anything to, you know, share with you and it's all about me you know but I can share about integrity and this is not about me this is about um um giving back what you guys gave me so as far as integrity um as it relates to my life I am much more honest and um uh I have this little thing and um taped to my fridge that says honesty is the highest form of love and um and that really hits me these days because I was not honest about anything I mean forget about the food I was like dishonest with with everyone you know I would always be late and I would never um never apologize or lie about why I was late you know and and I didn't care and today what's different is that um that I care I care about um uh having that integrity and and saying you know calling people back and saying hey you know I apologize for being late and um and being honest with people and as it come as it relates to the food um I have a food sponsor and I send her my food also and sometimes i feel like it, it i go i go between the overeating and the um the i've never been anorexic but i have like anorexic uh behavior too you know um sometimes when i have like a half a order of like a serving like like just a little bit of rice i'll just put rice instead of you know just had a little bit of rice just like a teaspoon or two and then other times when I have like the you know the fruit plate with 
you know, other things on top of it. I'll just be really general, you know. Um, and lately I've been, um, I have uh, had the willingness, because I'm working on step three right now, and it's all about willingness, willingness. I've had the willingness to um, to be honest about that. And even if it's not like my food sponsor stresses, even if it's not in the moment, you know, um, sometimes I do it afterwards. Sometimes, like, I won't be honest when I submit my food, but then I will say it. Now I will, you know, tell her in the morning or something. You know what? I had, after I send you my food, I had this, you know, and that has helped me to um, to be honest and have integrity in all other aspects of my life. And, um, and for that, I'm grateful. And I'm not, I'm like, I'm only on step three. And so I am listening to you guys and that have much more time and um, appreciating that there's more to come. Like I'm right here right now and there, there's more to be revealed. So thank you. alcoholic I'm overeater sorry uh, anyway I just wanted to uh, just say I'm really excited to be here today I'm here with my granddaughter and uh, I have been in OA and OA how for several years it's a way of life for me now um, it was really really difficult I went, came into OA uh, actually with my sponsor from the other program we hit our bottoms together. Um, I was uh, a bulimic. I still am a bulimic. Uh, abstinence for quite a while. But um, OA didn't do it for me. I gained weight in OA, but I did. That was my beginning point. I started taking responsibility for my food, which was really hard because um, the bulimia was huge for me. It had been since my 20s. And... Uh, so then my sponsor found OA Howe, and I just fought it tooth and nail. I could not do that Nazi program. But then when I hit another bottom, I knew that I had to surrender to OA Howe, and it was my saving grace. You know, I had to surrender to that program, and it's a way of life for me today. Um, I had to, and, and it was so fabulous because we were in L.A., and the meetings were huge. You know, there was standing room only, and you got your 30-day sponsor, and you t stood up, and then you did your 60-day, your 90-day. You know, it was just profound. And the weight just melted off of us, you know, until people thought we were sick. And having anorexic tendencies, I was in heaven. You know, just in heaven. And it's so much easier for me not to eat, you know, because I, if it were up to me, I would just not eat. Because they say we have to take the lion out of the cage three times a day, you know. And uh, weighing and measuring, 
calling in my food, doing all the inventory questions. You know, that's where I found my freedom. So anyone that's uh, starting or struggling or, you know, just just stay before the miracle happens. Don't leave because it's, it's a wonderful life today for me. Thank you. Now is the time to close the session. Thank you for attending and for those who have shared. After a moment of silence, please let us join hands and we'll close with the third step prayer.